It's the Ringer NFL Show, brought to you by DirecTV. Robert Mays and Kevin Clark here with you, and we've got some great news, NFL fans. DirecTV has expanded NFL Sunday ticket this season. So if you live in an apartment or you're an enrolled college student, now you can get NFL Sunday ticket without a satellite. Kevin, how's that sound? It sounds pretty good. I can't get a satellite. I can't get a satellite? There is a required type of cable in my place? This is perfect. This is exactly what I need. We can't, we can't have anything. We're millennials. We just get avocado toast. So, you know, we have... <laughs> We have no access to satellites, so but we are football fans. We need football in our lives. I need this, NFL this Sunday perfect. ticket. I need the games I want to watch when I want to watch them. You know, if you know you're a local Chicago guy, so you would just be watching the Bears without Sunday ticket. Yeah, and that's a terrible existence. Who would ever want that? I'd be watching the Rams and the Chargers over and over again. Is that better or worse? It's much worse because at least you have you know some variety sometimes when the Bears aren't playing. There's yeah, always going to be a Chargers or Rams game. Always they a come game. At There's you no at escaping. All angles. On top of our Chargers and Bears, we also get access to our favorite thing in the world, the Red Zone Channel. I know you love the Red Zone Channel. I mean, you wrote about this last year. We, we did this on a previous podcast, the Red Zone Channel MVP. The Red Zone Channel is the best thing. It's, it's only, the only good thing. things all the time. It's the only good football. Like, there's a lot of crap football. There's only good. It's, it is football in its best form. There are no Jets on the Red Zone channel and probably no Rams or Bears either. So that's why it's good. It just has all the good teams putting the ball in the end zone. If the Jets were ever on Red Zone for like more than three minutes, the good people at DirecTV would just start a new channel just because they know that this is not football in its best form. To see if you're eligible for this stuff, go online to NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code RINGER at checkout to save 15%. the ringer nfl show part of the ringer podcast network i'm robert mays joining me on the other lines kevin clark kevin how are you real beat up about this jaguars quarterback competition it's a tough time for all of us it's really i mean I, I feel as sad about that as i feel happy that mitch trubisky got the first team reps some of the first team reps with the bears yesterday brock osweiler what happens i'm not listen I'm not saying there's going to be any, any, any shortage. I'm not saying there's going to be any shortage of bad quarterbacks. But if there's no Bortles, no Osweiler this season, it's time. I think it's time for us to move on, just as a as nation, a league from from both of those situations. I'm very happy that we're going to have a Deshaun Kaiser. I mean, I'm not happy with that, what's going on in Jacksonville, but how can you be? Yeah, I, it's it's a, it's a bad time to be a bad quarterback. As always, guys, we are sponsored by DirecTV and the NFL Sunday Ticket Package, which you can now get without a satellite, which, you know, is a good news. It's good news for us, Kevin. So that's always fun. Absolutely. Week three of the preseason is underway. It is decision time for many of these teams, whether it's a quarterback, whether it's elsewhere. Some things will start crystallizing here as more starters get time. We're going to get some answers league-wide. We're also going to get some more answers to our 33 questions that we are asking throughout the preseason. We've got through 20 of them so far. We're going to have three more today. We will be back with you next Tuesday, as we always are. Today, we're going to go a little specific the same way we did with our fantasy show last week. Or two weeks ago? I can't remember anymore, Kevin. It's all blending together. It's two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. There we go. That's how long it was until since you were on my couch, which is very sad that it's been that long. So today, we're going to go with something else that is very near and dear to NFL fans' hearts, and that is gambling. Gambling is a very important part of this for many people. Not us, Kevin, but many people. I don't actually bet on football. No, me neither. So it's just too much of an emotional experience just covering it in the sense that I write these stories. If I write a story about the Ravens and I need them to win the first three games of the season for it to run, 
Like that's enough for me. Like I'm already yeah, you root for your stories. Yeah, that's I'm what rooting. You're into. I root for the stories I have in the can. That's literally the the the, the long and the short of it. Yeah, I mean, I still I care about the Bears, but it's not in a way that consumes me. The story will had, always be more important than the Bears. If at this I point. had money on it and I was rooting for a story, that that, that would be too much. I'm gonna so stick. Gonna, I'm gonna stick to losing a lot of money gambling on golf. Just because we don't gamble doesn't mean we don't have some insights for you into what we think are some of the best bets. We're going to get into some individual categories, you know, awards, season-long stuff. We're going to get some long shots for tons of different categories, do some over-under team wins, and then some weird prop bets, which are always my favorite thing about every NFL season. Some of the, some of the weird prop bets make me want to become a compulsive gambler. Yeah, I mean, it's stuff that... the. Interest that it just drives automatically is really hard to walk away from. I will admit that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We're going to start with some of the individual stack categories on offense. A lot of these are, these are some of my favorite bets every single year. And this is not who do we think is going to win these titles? Who's going to get the most receiving yards? Who's going to get the most rushing yards? That's a different question. This is who is the best bet? Who are you getting the best odds on to win these? So Kevin, let's start with the passing crown. Who do you think is the smartest just bang for your buck guy. Okay, a couple guys. Number one, th- this is not great odds. Tom Brady plus 550. Not great odds, but I, I'm pretty sure he's going to win it only because he he had, the I think, the fourth most yards per game last year, didn't play a full season, and has Brandon Crooks now. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. I think value-wise, I'm looking at three guys all over plus 1,000. Kirk Cousins plus 1,400. Matt Stafford plus 1600. That would be my bet. And then Jameis Winston uh, plus 1600 as well. Matthew Stafford, I I think they're going to let him throw as as much as humanly possible. I could see him having sort of a not a leap season, but I mean, definitely he could he's going to be the heir apparent to Drew Brees. We talk about this all the time as far as just he's 36 and he's throwing for 5000 yards a season. That's Stafford. And I, I could see that out of him this year. When I'm looking at the odds, I just think the Patriots are going to be too good for Brady to be in that conversation. I mean, they're just going to be winning too much they're for them to good be last tossing year it all he around. Was, he could have done so that's why year. Brady doesn't make sense to me. Breeze is obviously, he has the best odds as he should every single year. I agree that Matthew Stafford is the best bet. The smallest passing total that Matthew Stafford has had since 2011 is 4,257 yards. That's a lot. And if you think about what that offense could be with the weapons that they have, the offensive line without Decker is still a question, but I still think their ceiling on that side of the ball is really good. And I think the floor on the other side of the ball for them is that bad. So I just feel like he's going to be slinging it around. And the fact that he's getting that much worse of a look in this category than Andrew Luck, than Matt Ryan, that doesn't make sense to me. I definitely think he is the best of value in that category. Stafford had a the second best yards per attempt last year was 7.3. He is still, what, 29 years old? I mean, he has the chance to get significantly better. And, and again, I mean, he's going to start settling into some incredible statistical seasons coming up, and I think it starts this year. We'll get into kind of the narrative I think could unfold for Stafford this year in another category that we're talking about, but let's stick with the just normal the stats ones right now. Uh, the next one we're going to do is receiving yards. Who is the best bet to get the most receiving yards this year? Uh, it's got to be Antonio Brown for me. I mean, it's certainly all right. Let me let me start off the bat here. Drew Brees wins the passing title every year, and so we pencil him as the champion. T.Y. Hilton won the receiving yards title last year. I'm gonna give go on a limb here and say with Scott Tolzien and an unhealthy Andrew Luck, 
You I don't see a think, repeat. I don't think T.Y. Hilton is going to do it. I think I think Antonio Brown might just run away with. I, I you know Odell Beckham. I don't know what's going on with his ankle. He he was number two, uh, number three rather behind Antonio Brown last year. I mean, this is the sort of category where I'm not even comfortable picking a dark horse because I think it's going to be Brown. You have Le'Veon Bell. Who knows when he shows up? I guess he's showing up September 1st, um, you know, just in time for the first game. And so I just think it's going to be a Brown-heavy season. I know Martavis Bryant is there, but that's only going to help, dude. That's only just going to get Brown more wide open. And if you have the chance to give it to Brown or Bryant, you're going to feed Brown. They, they. I, mean, I wrote last year about this, this idea of sort of the super-targeted receiver in the sense that nowadays – Unlike 15, 20 years ago, teams are totally comfortable just giving a one player 150 targets where that didn't, there used to be More. this, yeah, there, there used to be this notion that, oh, well, you have to spread the ball around, et cetera, et cetera. Now it's just like, we have Antonio Brown, we have Odo Beckham, we have Julio Jones, who cares? Just throw it to him 15 times a game. You used to, so saw that with Marvin Harrison 15 years ago, but now it's widespread. Antonio Brown is the perfect example of a guy that a team has no problem just feeding over and over again. But I just don't think he's going to get there this year. Okay. I mean, you look at the amount of targets that Bell had last year. He had 94 in 12 games. That's a 125 target pace for the season. Bryant comes back. They're clearly going to be more comfortable throwing to him than they were to the combination of Sammy Coates and Kobe Hamilton and whatever. So that share goes I, I will say this. I, I, we're, I think we continue to pencil in Martavis Bryant as 2014, 2015 Martavis Bryant. We just don't know what he looks like. He hasn't played football in two years. It doesn't matter to me. Okay. I mean, he's so much more talented than those guys. Oh, I think yeah. he's going to get more work than they. Oh, I get that. So you get Bell for four more games. Even if he, Bell plays 14 games, I just don't think the targets are going to be there for Brown to be like that pencil-in guy. The same way they weren't for Julio Jones sure. last year, right? It just sometimes when Julio you get more. two games as well. Of course, but it just it wasn't 2015 Julio where he had 2,000 yards. He just wasn't get that, getting that sort of work. I think, in a way, Mike Evans is the same way. Yep. If he was going to do it, it probably would have been last season. So when I'm looking at teams that maybe don't have that secondary option that you're going to see fed all, all the time, I'm thinking of two guys. One, A.J. Green is 18 yeah. to 1. And I really like that. AJ Green at 18 to 1, I feel like is really good odds compared to those other top tier guys that have better secondary options on their team. And the other guy to me that is kind of intriguing is Keenan Allen Whoa. at 66 to 1. Whoa. You look at what happened last or two. Just, I know Keenan Allen can't stay healthy, and that yeah. has to this play is into. A, I was just about to say, this is a health category. It, it is a big time health category, and that's why his odds aren't very good. But if you think about it on the target basis, Keenan Allen two years ago got 89 targets in eight games. That's a 180 target pace. He would have been on, he would have had 1,450 yards on the season. That would have had been the most in the league if it were last season. Last year, he's in the first game, he had seven targets before he got hurt. He got hurt in like the third quarter of that game. Yep. Phillip Rivers looks for him. And I think this is an opportunity-based category. And if he's going to get those sort of opportunities, if Mike Williams is hurt, you know, I don't think that Hunter Henry and Antonio Gates are the guy that's going to necessarily take away from him. I just feel like there's nobody else in that range that's going to even get close to the work that Keenan Allen is going to get. So if you're looking for somebody that's a shot in the dark, I think he's a fun one. That's intriguing. I like that. Go big. All right, let's go to the rushing title next. This is one of my favorite ones. For some reason, I've gotten every year I get one of these right. And when LaShawn McCoy had his first year with Chip, I picked him to win it. And then the next year, I picked Jeremy Hill, which was not correct, if you're curious. 
So I don't know. I either have a really good feel for this one or no feel at all. So this one's interesting because obviously Ezekiel Elliott opened up as the favorite over the summer. Of course. That's not going to happen anymore. And then you have, you know, certain situations. Is Jordan Howard going to do it again? I mean, he, he was, I think he's plus. I think he's a good bet. 10 to 1. Are you picking him? No, I'm not going to pick him. Okay. I, I think that's a solid one, though, just because we'll see what sort of work Terry Cohen gets. I think they like him in Chicago, sure. the fourth round pick. I don't know if he'll get enough to take away a huge chunk of Jordan Howard's workload. Yeah. So, so what I was saying was, so you get, you get Elliot off the board and then you have Le'Veon Bell, who was right in that, that category. I'm not totally sure you'd be comfortable picking him for this just because there's a couple of things. Number one, what is his sort of carry to, to reception breakdown going to be? That yep. could change on a dime. It's same, that's the same, by the way, with David Johnson. David Johnson was an absolute stud yep. in the running game. But when you start getting into how flexible is he, what did they want to split him out wide more, that sort of thing. And that gets complicated with the bet like this. And then beyond that, it's the odds, though. I mean, they're both plus yeah, no, 300. It's just it, there's not it's not worth it. it that's not well, they're nearly... both really freaking good. Oh, of course. But but what I'm saying is, is LaShawn McCoy five times less likely to win the rushing title than David Johnson? Right. Absolutely not. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I, but I also still have a little bit of hesitation about what Bell is going to look like in September. And then sure. you, know, you, you don't win the rushing title if you, if you struggle for even three games off the bat. Um, so my guy, Melvin Gordon, I just think he is the one who, A, they're going to give him the ball a lot. And, I, you know, everybody else to me has a lot of question marks. I know you, you say your guy and we'll talk about him for a second. I, I pick McCoy yeah. just because even if I'm worried about him, from a efficiency basis, I don't think that offense is going to be the running game that it was last year. But I still think with that running back depth chart, now that Gillisley has gone, I mean, Jonathan Williams is behind him. They really don't have anybody that's going to take carries yeah. away from him consistently. And if they don't, there is no way he is. I mean, he's 16 to one. That's like three odds. He shouldn't be that high when guys like David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell are three to one. It just shouldn't be that way. From an odds perspective, I love the bet. From a a practical perspective, I just worry like hell about that Bills team. I I just don't know what the hell is going to happen there. Are they going to trade more guys for the price? Yeah. There's no way I'm going to go up and get him in a fantasy league for where he's being drafted. But in, in this situation, it's almost the opposite of that, right? Which is kind of why it almost proves the fantasy thing. Like Vegas doesn't see a lot from him, but I still think this is way too pessimistic compared to what the other guys are. I agree with that. I just, I, if I was putting money down on Shady McCoy, I would be slightly hesitant. I'm of slightly course. hesitant on all these guys. I mean, I, Melvin I, Gordon's I am, my second one, by the way. He's my, he's number yeah. two for me. He's at eighteen to one. I love they, it. Get the same thing. I love it. Melvin Gordon isn't six times less likely to win the rushing title than David Johnson. Yeah, I, to- I totally agree with you. And d- yeah. I mean, David Johnson. I again, you cannot overstate the impact of just the fact he's so flexible in the passing game that, that he may not just get the rushes to, to win this title. There aren't a lot of other guys here that I like for the for the money. I, yeah. I think that Fournette is like a sneaky pick. Just because I think he's going to get so much work that if there's a say there's a down year, say it's a a season where the rushing to King runs for twelve hundred and fifty yards. Yeah. If they give him three hundred and ten carries, that's pretty decent at thirty three to one. Why would they give him three hundred and ten carries? I know. And that's not a shot at at your point. It's a shot at the fact that they might give him three hundred and ten carries. The other guy ruin his career right off the bat. I'm probably a little bit too excited about, but I think the odds may be right. Dalvin Cook at 50 to 1 is intriguing. I mean, that's that's a lot. That's big odds. That's the same odds as Ty Montgomery has. Dalvin Cook's getting more work than Ty Montgomery. I promise you that. Wow. 
That's weird. Yeah. Why is so, everyone so down on Cook? I don't know, man. I think they're going to give him the ball a lot. I think they're going to try to keep Sam Bradford in one piece. I, we're not even... Uh, is everyone just completely out on Jay Ajayi? Yeah, I think that was kind of fluky last year. Okay. He had a lot of big games compared to small games. On a per-carry basis, if you look at the median runs, I don't think it's as consistent as I want it to be. I don't think the fact that he's 10 to one and LaShawn McCoy is 16 to one. Give me McCoy all day. I agree. Yeah. Before we move on, I want to point out that for over 20 years, DirecTV has been the exclusive home to NFL Sunday Ticket, the only way to get every live game every Sunday. Good news, NFL fans. DirecTV has expanded the service. If you live in an apartment or are an enrolled college student, now you can get NFL Sunday Ticket without a satellite. To see if you are eligible, go online to NFLSundayTicket.tv and stream every NFL Sunday Ticket game this season to follow your favorite team no matter where you live. Use promo code RINGER at checkout to save 15%. Again, that's NFLSundayTicket.tv, promo code RINGER. All right, Kevin, let's keep these going here with our 22nd question of the preseason. Two-thirds of the way done, man. Here we go. We're getting there. This was a fun one, and this is one of the ones I like to do every year. We got into some of these with the actual categories, but independent of category, who are you looking at as your favorite long-shot bets to win some of this stuff? So there's a couple of them here. I thought it was interesting that the Patriots to go 19 and 0 is 200 to 1. I mean, that's just a fun one. I mean, that's just a really fun thing to have in your pocket the entire I, year. I, I, I don't know why it's that high. I mean, I, I listen, I don't think it's going to happen, but it's not Leicester City. It's not Conor McGregor here. I mean, like, th- this can happen. It almost happened a decade ago. And if it pays out 200 to 1, that's pretty good. By the way, the other one I like. Odds that one team goes 16 and 0 is 40 to 1. I think that's, I mean, two years ago. So odds the Patriots go, go 16 No, I mean, and two years ago, the freaking Panthers almost. They were a couple uh, yeah, of plays true. away from going 16 and 0. I mean, it's going to happen again. Uh, so I like those two. You know, I got to tell you, I really like, I, I, I think that the, uh, the Redskins and the Lions. Neither of these teams are going to win the NFC, but I kind of like the bet. The Detroit Lions, for some reason, are 33 to 1 to win the NFC, and the Redskins are 25 to 1. The only teams worse than those three are the Bears, Rams, and Niners, who obviously are not worth looking the at. The jump is incredible. The jump the is Bears, incredible. The Rams are twice as less likely. They're, they're, I don't know how to say that. The Rams have half the odds that the Lions but do. Both of those teams were pretty darn good last year. I mean, the Lions made the playoffs, obviously. Stafford is a good quarterback. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. I think they're much more likely to win the NFC than some of these teams. You know, the Eagles, the Saints, the Vikings, I mean, I, the Giants. I mean, I, I just don't understand how the Giants are almost three times more likely to win than than the Washington Redskins. I agree with you on that. I do think the Eagles are a pretty good bet there. I think the Eagles at 22 to 1 is, no, is intriguing to me. The, the Eagles are almost on the plane with the Redskins and Lions. They're yes. a part of this group. But what I'm saying is, I mean, I, I just I like those longer odds as a bet. The Eagles to me are my favorite bet of that group at 22 to mm-hmm. 1. Minnesota is second at 16 to 1. The, I really the like thing, Minnesota man, at 16 the to thing one. That, the, the thing about this bet and the overarching point about the NFC is there's no Patriots. Yep. The Packers are the closest thing. The Packers looked like a pretty mediocre team for the first what 11 weeks of last season and, and you just don't know about their line. You don't know about their defense. You don't know if Ty Montgomery is going to be healthy enough to give them 16 games of a running attack. And so I, I, I would would guess that they win the NFC. 
but it's not like there's a there's a Patriot Steelers you know runaway group there. And so I think if I would pound the NFC with with sort of sleeper teams because that's what's going to happen, man. There's going to be some weird NFC outcomes no one sees coming. It's kind of funny because a lot of my long shots are tied to that idea, even if it's indirect. Yeah. So for defensive player of the year, I'm looking at these odds. And one of my favorite bets is Daniil Hunter at 22 to one. And I know that it's he had 10 and a half sacks or 12 and a half sacks last year. He only had about 415 pass rushing snaps. He's going to be more of a full time starter this year. Say he gets up to 515 and gets five more sacks. The rate of that is is high, but there's no doubt in my mind he is the talent to be a 17 sack guy. And if he is, those are the types of people that can win Defensive Player of the Year. The other guy in that same mold to me, Clowney's also 22 to one. That's that's juicy to me. That's pretty damn good when like Ryan Shazier has those odds and Aaron Donald is a 14 to one. We don't even know he's going to play. I really like Clowney at 22 to one as well. So I, I think those two. I think it's going to be interesting when. Clowney gets 20 sacks and they give defensive player of the year to Watt who played four games. You know what? He probably deserved it. He, he inspired Clowney to that greatness on the sideline. telling them yeah, that's right. Open and hollering. Great. So the other one that is kind of tied into your lions thing. And in part, what I talked about with Stafford earlier, Matthew Stafford is 50 yes. to one to win. The yes. MVP. I love it. And we talk about this all the time around this time of year that, narrative drives so many of these awards. It's just going to be a good a quarterback who was good on a team that got better. And I think that the Lions aren't going to be a good enough team to eventually get to that plane. Like, I just don't think that they're going to win enough games to have the MVP of the league on their team. The Lions are going to go 2-14. and we we'll have to burn this pod. <laughs> it's probably we'll so just true. just quietly remove but, it from the archives. Yeah, so Matthew Stafford is 50-1 to one to win the MVP. Mm-hmm. And what I'm thinking about is... What happened with Matt Ryan last year? Mm-hmm. You know, we have this narrative that builds of this guy who's been around forever, but finally takes that next step. And, you know, he's one of the game's elite quarterbacks. And we like that. And I don't know if I don't think the Lions are going to have a historically good offense, but I could see him throwing for a lot of yards because the defense is bad. Maybe if they eke out a couple of those games, they win 10 or 11, they make the playoffs. It just doesn't make sense to me that he has the same MVP odds as Adrian Peterson or, or Eli Manning or, you know, Antonio Brown. That's just, that doesn't fit. So in terms of the value, I just think that he's the best kind of throw it at, he's the best on the dartboard of those guys. Little more talent on that Lions offense than people think. I think Golden Tate Tate has a lot more broken tackles. I want to say 15 more broken tackles than anybody in the last two years. They have a diversified group of skills at wide receiver. You love Theoretic. I love theoretic. Um, the line got better. I mean, I just, I kind of like it, man. I kind, I, I don't think they're going to win the NFC North, but I could see a nice little Lions run this year. If and in, I think if that's elite, even in elite play, coaching, yeah, that's the biggest thing about them. That's why I like them. The Belichick the of the one, NFC. The other one I'll throw out there again, just kind of in the narrative track. Dirk Cutter is twenty-one to win coach mm, of the year, and. But what do we do with coach of the year? We give it to a team that didn't make the playoffs that surprises in a way that we don't necessarily expect. The you know, this playoff team that kind of comes from obscurity to be one of the talks of the season. And I think that they have such a good chance of doing that that the odds you're getting for him are just really good. Like I don't think he should be have less odds his odds shouldn't be worse than Anthony Lynn. Who's at 16 to one? Do you remember when coach of the year? So that's always how that's the default coach of the year thing. 
is just we're going to take the guy who improved the team. But remember the year that Tony Sperano improved the Dolphins and Mike Smith improved the Falcons and nobody knew what to do? Who He's, gave? Who won it that year? Mike, I, don't I believe Mike Smith won it. Yeah, but that's I'm just the, saying. They were the same team that it was like face off. Like they just said the media members were just like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what's happening. There's and two the coaches one, of the year. They did the same thing. The other one in there that I kind of like, based on some of the conversations we've had recently. First of all, two guys. One, Marvin Lewis's team is too good for him to be at fifty to one. That team could win ten games, and there's he just shouldn't be that low. The other guy, Hugh Jackson at fifty to one. I'm I, I I'm going to short that. I'm going to be on the same. other side of that. I'm what taking. If the Browns win eight games. I, I am I am rearranging my life to become a bookie just on that bet to just take that money. This is the long shot category, man. It's just, it's all about having some fun. I'm enjoying it. Those are the two guys I think that it just does. Marvin Lewis, especially. I mean, if that team, oh yeah, any I, team I that like can win Marvin double Lewis. digit games, you your coach shouldn't be fifty to one to win. I'm in on game. Marvin Lewis. I have a story running on the Ringer.com on Friday. By the time this gets up, about uh, run pass options, and it's it's a play that's really going to have a moment in 2017. And the Bengals, even though no team really did enough run pass options, uh, when you consider how effective they are, and and you can read the story to sort of get a nitty gritty on this. But the Bengals do it better than anybody. The Bengals may have a nice little run this season, just based on some of their play calling. AJ Green, eighteen to one, they're in the receiving. I will say this: the, the run pass options may hurt AJ Green. Wow, you know what? Eighteen to one, I'll still take the odds. Coming up, we're going to try our hand at some more obscure NFL prop bets, including how many games the Jets will be favored in. It's my favorite one. We're also going to answer some questions about the team over under totals that we feel the best about. But first, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. Football season is right around the corner, and it's time to fire up those fantasy leagues again. I don't know about you guys, but I've been pretty frustrated with the same old platforms for my season-long leagues. There just hasn't been a whole lot of innovation in that space. Every year, I find myself hoping for a platform that works well across both web and mobile, won't go down on week one, and doesn't bombard me with stupid ads. Seems like a simple ask, right? Well, buddy of mine showed me an app called SleeperBot, which hosts fantasy football leagues. And let me tell you, it is an absolute game changer. Not only does it have a full suite of features to help the commissioner, which we all know is a tough job for anybody, SleeperBot also looks amazing. It is a super cool draft board, which you can cast to any TV, a fun chat interface that won't have to send you back to email to go back and forth with your smack talk, and an app that feels just more modern, social, and fun than the others. On top of that, they're giving out championship rings to each league winner this year. I know that's something I would want just, you know, for bragging right purposes. Now that I've seen it, I'm switching my league onto SleeperBot this season and would encourage you to also check out the app. Just search for SleeperBot in the app store or on the web. Your commissioner and your league mates will thank you. We also want to tell you about The Ringer's Game of Thrones live after show, Talk the Thrones. All season long, Andy Greenwald, mother of dragons Mallory Rubin, Chris Ryan, and our very own maester Jason Concepcion have been coming to you live after the East Coast airings of Game of Thrones Season 7, and will continue with the season finale this Sunday. Talk the Thrones streams exclusively on Twitter and Periscope right after Game of Thrones ends and can be found on the Ringer's Twitter handle, at Ringer. They'll be reacting at the same time as you, contextualizing the events and explaining everything that just unfolded. Again, the show is called Talk the Thrones, and you can stream it live after the East Coast airings of Game of Thrones on Twitter and Periscope, at Ringer. Okay, as a bonus today, we're going to look at some of the weirder prop bets that we managed to find. Shout out to our producer, Sean Keegan, for finding some really weird shit, because I would not have found this on my Keeg's. own. Keegs coming up big. It is greatly appreciated. It is, it is the dark underbelly of prop bets. <laughs> I this think is this like, is like this, some dark web shit. Uh, yeah, some people doing this stuff... 
unless it's some sort of help. I mean, you know what? Maybe not. Maybe you got to figure it out more than the rest of us do. But we're going to start with one that's not as obscure, but I still think is very fun. And that is which quarterback will throw the most interceptions this season. Obviously, the favorite for this category is Blake Bortles, who is five and a half to one. You know, well, this is this is, is no longer the starting quarterback. This is a big time health category, and it's <laughs> and it's it's a opportunity category. When we were talking a little bit earlier, I was trying to think. You know, Blake Bortles is the Le'Veon Bell of this category. If everything breaks right, if Blake Bortles gets sixteen games, yeah, he's going to lead the NFL in interceptions. In the same way that Le'Veon Bell is probably going to lead the NFL in all purpose yards. But he's maybe he gets the hook. He may not even start week one. That's a disaster. It's yeah, a disaster. I mean, if you were one of the sharps who got in early on Bortles leading the NFL in interceptions, if you if you went out during March Madness and said I'm all in on Bortles, you're you're screwed now. I mean, you would have taken that at, fi- at plus five fifty every single time. It's a tough break for those guys and a tough break for everybody, really. I mean, it was a sure thing like three months ago. So obviously Jameis Winston's going to be involved in this category yeah. most years. He's six to one. He's right there with the favorites. Eli Manning is tied with Bortles. Those guys understandable. You know, that's not shocking that those are at the top. I'm going for some guys deeper down this board. My two favorites actually have the highest odds that I'm looking at right now. Ben Roethlisberger is a 25 to one. And even though I like that offense and I think the Steelers are going to be really good. Roethlisberger has no qualms about throwing the ball to the other team. In three of the last four seasons, he's thrown at least 13 interceptions. That puts him in the cat- in the running for this. I'm not saying he's going to win it, but there's no way he should have worse odds than Drew Brees. I, that just doesn't make any sense to me. And the other guy who has gotten better in recent years, but I still think you know likes to sling it every once in a while, is Cousins. Yeah. He's also 25 to one. If that offense he's going downfield more and more and more, I. I think that he's another guy that could absolutely win that. He threw 12 last year, even when that offense was good. Let's say they sputter a bit without Deshaun Jackson. If Jordan Reed gets hurt a little bit, I think he absolutely is in the running for this. There's no way he should be 25 to one. So here's the thing. There's not a lot of guys on this list who are going to play 16 games. And I worry a little bit about that. Deshaun Watson, Bavada has him at plus 1200. I I, I don't think Deshaun Watson's going to play enough games for this. Bortles the same way. Eli is actually an intriguing bet. He's at plus uh, 55. He's at plus 550. Um, That's intriguing to me because you know he's going to play 16 games. You know he's going to get frustrated. He's going to have like four three interception games that the the Giants will win three of them somehow. I kind of like the field, man. Bovada has the field at plus 275. And I feel like we're going to have a sleeper season. Cutler isn't on here. So the field field bet might be pretty good. 100%. You have Cutler. I mean, what if they go Chad Henney the entire season? Yeah, that's a good one, too. What if they do that? The odds aren't good enough for the field, though. It's only plus 275. That's because they know that there's a Cutler or a Henney lurking. There's always a guy guy who's ready to make the leap as far as interceptions (laughs) go. Goff is plus 600. I don't like it. Golf's going to get the hook at some point. I, I Oh, I disagree with that. I just think they'll take it out of his hands too often for him to throw it enough to throw 20 interceptions. I don't know. I, I feel like there's somebody lurking off the board here that's just going to... I mean, I mean, if Scott Tolzien is going to play in the NFL. Scott right, Tolzien may have this wrapped up by <laughs> September 20th. There's no he's playing enough. I, I, I get it, but there's no way he's playing enough. All right, so this is a fun one that was in that list that we got. In the Jared Goff spirit of things, 
Goff is five to three to throw more interceptions than touchdowns. That is a fun bet and it's hilarious, but those odds aren't nearly good enough. No, I would stay away from anything involving Jared Goff. Yeah, there's no way. Except I mean, the interceptions aren't good there. enough. I just don't know what's going to happen. I, 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 I just the Rams. I don't want to be. I don't want to watch the Rams. I don't want to see the Rams. If I, I, I don't want to go within five miles of that stadium. It's just I'm not. I'm not in on the Rams. All right. This next one is also just sticking with the depressing but fun as hell categories. The over under on the number of games the Jets will be favored this season. It is at 0.5, and that is perfect. Vegas doing an excellent job of getting equal action on both sides. What do you think about this one? Because I'm all right. So I'm looking at the Jets schedule right now. Yeah. And it's kind of brutal, to be honest with you. After their bye week, I don't see it at all. Panthers, Chiefs, Broncos, Saints, Chargers, Patriots. Nope. Before that, Bills to open the season. Just it's too early for them to be favored. Raiders, I, I, Dolphins, I, I, Jaguars. I got one. Browns at Browns. Thir- no, 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 no. Thursday night at home against the Bills. That's in, the one I November. was going to point to. Now, I think the Bill. I loved. I I, I want to reiterate this. I love the Bills. I love Sean McDermott. I love Brandon Bean. I love the talent. I like Tyrod Taylor more than most people do. Having said that, I called for them to go in full tank mode last week. I think they might do some combination of trying to win games to compete while accumulating a little more draft picks. And so for me, I, I could see by November that there may be, maybe, you know, two win team and then it's, then, then Vegas pounds them. I, I just, I feel like that, that feels like a, 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 a one point Jets, Jets line. That one, I, I think I would say over just because that's in play. We'll see what happens with the Browns. I think they're going to be better than most people do, but who knows? And then the other one is, let's say the Jags just get hammered in their first three games. They have the Jags at home in week four. So I think that, I don't know if they'll ever be favored by more than three. Like if home field advantage will play into this, but I think there are too many games on the table that are possible for you to go under. Don't sleep on like the Chargers being horseshit on Christmas Eve. I, I will sleep on that. I think the Chargers are going to be just fine. Okay. I'm just saying they don't need to be that bad for it to be. I mean, I'm talking about if they, if going into week 16, they've won like four games. It doesn't matter how bad the Jets are. All right. Let's stick with the Jets a little bit here. This one's really enjoyable. This one is the New York teams against the Los Angeles teams, of which there are two now, which is still surprising to everybody. The odds are 11 to nine. So just over even that the Giants and Jets will finish with a combined record that's better than the Rams and Chargers. Do you think this is, would you take this at even odds pretty much that the New York teams will have a better record than the Rams and the Chargers? I think that's going to happen. I don't. I think the Rams and Chargers win more combined games than the Jets. I think they both combined to win 10 games. Quite frankly, I totally disagree with you. I think the Rams win six. I think the Chargers win nine or 10. I think the well, Giants this is just, win nine this is and a the Chargers, Jets win one. This is a Chargers-Giants bet. Because if either of these teams win 12 games, the bet is over. Yeah, I don't think that happens for the Giants, though. I, that's I don't, not in I don't play think to it the happens. degree it is for I don't, San Diego. I, don't, I, I completely disagree with you. Hmm. I think that the Giants have a much better chance of, of, of making the playoffs than the Chargers do. I'm totally out on that. Okay. The, char- totally I, the Chargers that. play in, in a division I think is a little tougher. I think the, I think the NFC East is going to be weird this year. I could see them stealing some wins. I don't know. And the Jets, the, think, the Jets it's not like the Jets are going to go 0-16. They're going to win like how, two games. Okay, so games. the Jets win two games. Let's say two yeah. games for the Jets, which I think, based on the conversation we just had, is pretty generous. 
So do you think the Rams, let's say the Rams win five games. You think the Giants are three games better than the Chargers? No, I, here's, here's, here's what I would think. I think it's probably going to be 11 to 10. And it's going to be the Giants win eight or nine games, the, the, the Jets fill out the rest, and then the Chargers and Rams combined for 10 wins. I would say I'm, four, I'm four going and, with the LA teams. I'm going to say every four and time. six. Four for if the I Rams, can bet on the Chargers LA teams, I would do it. All right, let's get back to our actual questions. Our last one of the day is the always interesting over-under win totals for each team. We're going to go with our favorite ones of these. And Kevin, why don't you start with a team that you've mentioned before, but you think is just worth hitting again here. Okay, so there's two of them for me. They're both 7.5 over-under. I think the Redskins go over because, again, I've mentioned this many, many times. I see everybody in the NFC East in that 8 to 10 win range. Um, I don't really see anybody running away with it this year, and I think everybody's pretty good in the NFC East. So I think it's going to be... So everybody is just going to have between 8 to 10 wins. It's going to be weird. It's going to come down to Week 17 like it did, what, in 2012, where it was the Redskins against the, Gi- the, the Cowboys for the division title. And so I see, like, nine wins out of the Redskins. The Dolphins, seven and a half as well. Jay Cutler is going to get you to eight wins. Gee, the defense man. is good. The skill position players the are good. Is good. You're going with good for the Dolphins' defense. That is that is a statement you want to make. You stick by that one. They have talent. I mean, okay. They Those made the playoffs things. last year with Ryan Tannehill. Those are two different things. I am not going with good for the Dolphins' defense. I think the Dolphins have a high ceiling. I also would not put a dollar on them. I think you're going to get to eight wins. I think you're there. All right. I mean, the defense was middle of the road last year. It was better They're 19th than 19th in DVOA. It was the it was better than their offense. I disagree with that. I think their offense is better than their defense. I'm I'm in. I'm in on there. I'm in on Indomitian Sue. I think the I think Adam Gase is good. I don't know. I mean, I just I agree with those things. They made the playoffs last year. I lived a Jay Cutler life for a very long time, my friend. Having that team just penciled in as a 500 or better squad is not something I'm willing to do. I don't know. I, I'm not. A, I'm not as hot on this as the Redskins thing, but I just think. Jay Cutler's destiny is to lead the Dolphins to a eight and eight, nine and seven season. I got two overs as well. One, the Browns at four and a half is too low. It's just too low. No matter what you think they're going to be, can't do that's, it. That's I can't too low. do it. I can't do that. I think they have too much talent to be on the offensive side of the Matt ball. Matt Moore to be went two and, and one for the Dolphins last year. I'm aware of that, and I wrote earlier this offseason that I didn't know. Matt Jay Moore Cutler was had a hundred and five quarterback rating. And four appearances. Every point I've made in the last 10 minutes stands about the Dolphins. I'm not backing off of any of this. J- Jarvis Landry threw a pass <laughs> last year. Maybe that's... I'm just looking at the quarterback stats here. You got Tannehill, Moore, and Jarvis uh, Landry. I like Adam Gase. I'm in. This is an Adam Gase bet. That's fair. I would also bet on Adam Gase. I also have watched Jay Cutler a bunch with Adam Gase. All right, the Browns over four and a half to me. I think that they're mm. a six-win team. I, I feel like that you're getting good value. They're not the Browns we've u- been used to. Their over under has been f- like four last year, two years ago. It, it just doesn't make sense. The other one that I think is too low is Green Bay at 10. I just don't see outside of like a bad year how the Packers win less than 11 games. I think they're right in the hunt to win the NFC. I just feel like I see them winning at least 11. And when I can picture it at least a game above where the odds are, it's just hard for me to say that there aren't better chance options than that. Yeah, I mean, 
I don't know, man. They looked pretty shaky at times last year. I'm not saying they're going to do that again. I'm just saying that it's the Packers are not infallible. They're not, again, they're not the Patriots. They're not the Patriots, but they've won double digit games how many years in a row? Yeah, but I'm they've just. They've been to the playoffs how many years in a row? This is that it's an Aaron Rodgers health bet. Since 2009, the Packers have won less than 10 games one time. They almost, I mean, I look, this is a futures bet, Maze. This is not a past bet. It's a futures bet. Is there any reason to think the best indicator of future performance is past performance? Is there anything for, that happened yeah. last season, especially at the end, that would lead you to believe the Packers will be a lesser yeah, football team this year? The first 10 weeks of the season when they look like horseshit? I'm saying at the end of last year, is there anything about I, that? At team? the end of last year, they looked great. Of course. I Listen, I like the Packers. I think that the, I, I said 20 minutes ago they're probably going to win the NFC, but I 10 wins is a lot. Nine wins gets you in the playoffs. It's not that many when you think they can win the NFC. Uh, 10 to me is low for them. I think they're going over that. Well, I don't know what the over-under for the Jaguars is, but I'm picking under. I think it's five and a half. Under. under. Yeah, that was, I know it might be six and a half, honestly. Under. It's six and a half, which I think is a, is born of all the players they had in the offseason. That's too high for me. I mean, it's just there's no way to be, feel good about that considering the quarterback situation. I want like what happened with the Raiders last year where they just totally skip over a guy. If if Chad Henney gets hurt, I want them to start Brandon Allen. Why don't just start Brandon Allen now? Can he possibly be worse than Chad Henney? I, I I bet he could be, actually. Yeah, that probably doesn't. That's probably is true. That's a world in which I don't want to exist. The one where there's a worse quarterback than Chad Henney. I was game. calling Brandon Allen Matt Allen for like a week. It doesn't really matter, does no. it? <laughs> if I called Brandon Allen Matt Allen to his face, he would probably answer to it. Yeah, Brandon Allen knows you don't know who he is. Absolutely. All right, that's it. That's all we got. 23 down, 10 to go. We're going to be in single digits by the start of next week's show. We'll be back Tuesday with another batch as we finish out our 33 questions of the preseason. As always, thank you very much for listening to the Ringer NFL show presented by DirecTV. We'll talk to you guys soon. 